are living the authentic life today with Maria Mancata Aloe. How did I do? You did awesome. That <laughs> was it, perfect. It was a name like Danae Cremosta. <laughs> it's always a challenge around here. Okay, so first of all, I love it whenever I greet a podcast guest and we're wearing similar color tones. I feel like it's already a way that the universe is blessing us with <laughs> you guys are so connected. And then my other favorite thing that happens is when we sit down, I'm like, oh, we have to quit talking because all this is so good. We have to capture it all for the podcast. So we actually have probably been in the room together multiple times because our crowds are so similar, mm -hmm. but just got to know each other well recently. And you completely blessed me with such an amazing gift of a borrowed BMW, but not one, not two, but three borrowed <laughs> BMWs. And by the way, I just got my car back from the shop. It was in the shop for six and a half weeks. And it was not a BMW. <laughs> it was not a BMW, but someone came and hit me. Um, and parts are such a problem now with cars to get in. But um, anyway, so now we're talking a lot about goals and visions. So she was so smart. She, this woman is a girl boss. Mm -hmm. um, I love women who love cars. I am not a car fanatic, but I think after driving the M5, I am officially a car fanatic. Yes. I've been um, involved with marketing with friends with their cars and I sit in it and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love it. But driving that car, the power I felt and I'm so open about being 55 and I'm so focused on like what I want in my life that I had, forgive me, envisioned myself as my best self in a Range Rover <laughs> and now my best self is an M5. <laughs> so you are a wizard at that. You were like, just drive this. You probably won't like it. <laughs> kind of like you guys come in and shop for a Birkin. I'll let you hold it. You probably won't like it. <laughs> wink, wink. Well, Donna, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Um, and thank you for taking me on on the opportunity to drive one of our BMWs. <laughs> I love getting people behind the wheel of what I call the ultimate driving machine that's what we're known for yeah I think and I've heard that tagline but what, it's what truly, I love about you. I have chills thinking about the emotion I had when I drove it what I loved about you is you did drive three BMWs mm -hmm. and you started in stages mm -hmm. you started with uh, the smaller engine and then you're like oh I can do a little more power and then you went to the <laughs> M performance which is a lot of power 523 <laughs> horsepower then you went to the M competition version 617 and you said yeah that feels right so I love the fact that you love the power you love the agility the responsiveness and um, and I'm glad that now yet that's your goal and then the sound I think the sound is a big part of it mm -hmm. the purr that you get when you're in that car and I feel like I just received a text from this cool woman I haven't met yet I say she's cool but last night she said I'm celebrating my 40th year in doing hair and I want to buy myself three love bracelets and I have had this on my vision board and I want to make it happen and I was like girl we can help you get your <laughs> dreams and I think that that a lot of people look at jewelry or bags or cars like as a way to get their dreams and I I know that it doesn't fulfill a person like if you haven't done the other work spiritually and emotionally 
but it sure helps. <laughs> I think it absolutely does. And I, I think you're right. I think having a true sense of purpose, uh, knowing what your goals are, aligning yourself with those goals uh, really is what's fulfilling. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with having a Birkin or a nice BMW in your driveway. It definitely brings joy and a smile to your face when you start off your day behind the wheel of one of those high performance vehicles. Um, I think it's a fun way to go and reach your purpose and your goals. So women in the car industry, how many women are general managers of car dealerships? I would tell you um, there's not very many women overall in the car business. There's less than 20% are women in automotive altogether. There's 18,000 dealerships in the U.S. Um, that doesn't include all the pre-owned departments, um, dealerships like CarMax, Carvana, but franchise dealerships. And less than 20% are women, less than 5% are general managers, and less than 1% are technicians. So a few years ago, I don't wow. know if you saw that, we started something called Empower, colleague mm -hmm. and I started something called Empower to bring women in the automotive business together and inspire them to reach their full potential and step up, show up, speak up, and make a positive impact in the automotive industry. I love working with men. Um, it's awesome. They're, they're great. It's a lot of fun. Um, but I also think women bring a different perspective to an industry that's been male-dominated. So bringing that balance and qualities and perspective, I think, is something that the automotive industry can really benefit from. Well, my husband and I work together and I see it so blatantly in our personal life and in our business life, the words that he can use to describe something versus the words I can use to describe something. One of my favorite things is he had led me down this wrong path on a ski slope and I was so mad at him and I said, tell me something nice about me that you love. And he goes, you look cute in your ski clothes. I was like, what? I need more than that. But I think that um, going to that, I think that we're able to describe and understand emotions. And I think when it comes to buying a bag or a luxury item or a car, it's much more emotional than it is technical. Like anybody can memorize all the technical, like what you just said to me. I guess when I own it, when I own it, not if, when, That's right. I'm going to know all the statistics, but it's more about how it made me feel. Mm -hmm. So I think it is a different perspective to work with a female who can talk to you about that emotional side of it, because there is a way to get from point A to B, and it you don't necessarily have to have that. Right. right. So do you feel that that has given you a difference in your leadership ability versus a male so. and in bringing people forward? And I, and I think both, I did a fellowship um, called Shakti Leadership at San Diego University. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we talked about is the female qualities. And mm -hmm. some men have female qualities, some women have masculine mm -hmm. qualities. Is bringing qualities that they consider feminine or masculine together to bring balance to any mm -hmm. industry. So feminine qualities are things like compassion, empathy. And those are things that are innate in me and bringing them into an industry that back in the day when I started weren't really welcome. Things like compassion, empathy, kind candor. Those things were not existent and uh -huh. they really weren't welcome. And frankly, when I started in the business, I don't think it would have, I would have fit in if that was always my approach. My goal was always to get to a position of influence and leadership where I could lead the way I wanted to. 
and uh, I encourage my team to have compassion, empathy, to understand what the customer is looking for, to seek, to meet their expectations, and to really connect and create relationships. Um, for me, it's fun because I get to meet amazing people from all walks of life, and then they become my friends, and um, and that's a ton of fun. And so that's I think the difference on how we do business at BMW West Houston. We really try to connect and build a relationship. And it's not just about one car sale, it's about everything. I have customers that when they started buying cars for me, they were just newlyweds, just graduated college. And now they're bringing their 16 year old to buy their first car. So it's amazing to see those stories and to be a part of it. So as a woman that came from 22 years in the construction industry, I can appreciate the comment you made, and I kind of want to dive into it, about being a female in a male-dominated industry and earning the space that your voice can create influence. Because if we come in initially, it oftentimes doesn't work. And I think that's what's hard for younger people to understand. I say I'm a conservative feminist, which <laughs> but I, I feel like I had to dance around a lot of male issues. And if you're so focused on what you want to tell someone and what you want to change in them, it doesn't always happen. You have to earn their trust first and then slowly, as I say, make it be their idea. <laughs> I, I think in any industry to be successful, you have to be a fierce competitor. You have to be committed, dedicated. You've got to be resilient. Um, and you got to play the game with the rules that exist. And then yes. when you're the one calling the shots, then, then you, you change the, the rules. rules. Yep. Um, and it's not about changing the rules, but maybe enhancing them, maybe improving them. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's important that I create an environment that is um, pleasant for everyone, not just our clients, which are the purpose for our business, but also our employees. I think they're our biggest asset in making sure that they feel a sense of purpose beyond the bottom line. Um, one of the things we talk about is a triple bottom line, the three P's, which is people, planet, profit. And those are things that we have to focus. Uh -huh. And I think as business leaders, we have an opportunity to impact so many aspects of not just our immediate business, but our community. So uh -huh. people, my people, the team I work with, my family is is one of my biggest inspirations, and um, you know the the vendors, the people that we team up with, and our clients, uh -huh. and then planet being able to do something in the community that uh -huh. makes a positive impact. You know, it starts with small little incremental change that makes a big change in the world, and then profit. We can't do the first two without focusing on making a profit. That's how the world goes around, and. Uh, making a fair profit. So those are the three things that I think at the store we focus on. And uh, I think my team is proud of being a part of something that's beyond just the bottom line. They're, they have a sense of purpose. And that's such a big part of retaining people on your team too. It was, we spin up, we have a very small team in our office, but it's really important to me to keep it Obviously, we have to make a profit foremost so everyone can get paid, yeah. but to keep the people connected to the journey, to enjoy the journey, although mm -hmm. some parts of it aren't fun, but to push through those parts and to find a way to get to that place. You've done, I mean, the car industry has a lot of change. Are there ways that you feel like you can really retain people that you want on your team? 
I think that um, it's important for any business to retain its team members. Mm -hmm. um, that's what makes this business successful. That's what creates consistency, continuity, and growth. Um, if there's a lot of turnover, I think you, as a leader, you have to look in the mirror and say, okay, you were responsible for hiring those folks. You're responsible for retaining them and giving them a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, uh, a challenge to reach for, mm -hmm. and goals that they feel proud to attain. And what are those goals? For every team member, I notice that certain things make them tick differently. Yes. Some it may be money, mm -hmm. um, some it may be uh, an accomplishment, reaching a goal, being a part of a goal that's that's a big mm -hmm. goal this, this December. We we celebrated the Triple Crown. Our team earned number one in new car sales for the market, number one in certified pre-owned sales for the market, number one in total pre-owned BMW sold in the market. And that's a huge accomplishment. And so I think as a team, everybody should be very proud of being a part of it because we couldn't do it without each and every one of them. And so retention is um, a big part of people's commitment, but I also look in the mirror and say, okay, what could I have done different? I'm responsible for hiring that person. Uh -huh. I'm also responsible for having a good um, intuition of what's happening uh -huh. within my store uh -huh. and communicating with my immediate managers um, and finding those folks that sometimes need a little pat in the back. Sometimes they need tough love. Uh -huh. Sometimes they need a bigger challenge and um, I'm proud to have seen so many of my team members grow within our dealership. My finance director currently, she started off as a receptionist many years ago. I love she it. worked her way up and she's mm -hmm. now leading one of the top finance departments in our company. So Incredible. it's something that I'm very proud of and I know that I feel that she's very happy to to be where she's at, but she's still looking for that next peak. And so mm -hmm. that's what we want to surround ourselves with, people that want to reach their goals, want to grow and want to keep moving up. And you are so incredible to give back to the community. I think that in really diving into living authentically, I feel like purpose is a big part of it and community becomes a part of that purpose because if we're just focused on the bottom line, there's never enough money, there's always the next level, there's always something else, right. but if you fill your cup also with um, giving back, you get so much. And there's even that saying, you know, and that when you give to someone, you receive more than you give. You're on so many different charitable organizations, children's charity being the most prominent known, um, but also you do things with Latin women's initiatives and but so much with giving back to kids in need. So mm -hmm. share a little bit about what gets your heart because being in leadership roles in our businesses, we get, and request probably once or twice a <laughs> <Or> day <laughs> and or more um everybody's looking at you going oh she's philanthropic can she give to us mm -hmm. and so it's so hard to decide what and how much mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about that journey for you well first i feel privileged that we're able to contribute to the community and make a positive impact in your right. There's so many great organizations that are doing so much in our local community. And um, 
children in need are one of those things that pulls on my heartstrings. I know many of my team members feel the same way. And Houston Children's Charity is one of those organizations that when they make an impact, they make it in the local community. You get to meet the families. You can uh -huh. see the difference that you're making. My team one, one year um, raised funds for a kid who needed a wheelchair. And when we were able to gift it to them, to the family, I found out the dad had three herniated discs from lifting his son into his car that had no AC in Houston. Oh. And we changed that kid's life. He was able to go to U of H and get a degree. Wow. And I, and there's nothing more gratifying. It's yes. truly a privilege as a business leader to be able to work with these organizations that are doing so many great things. And um, no autism is one of the new ones uh -huh. um, that I that I I was passionate to be a part of the board. I got uh -huh. with Sherry Zucker and I go, I want to be a part of it. Uh -huh. I want to make a difference. My nephew's in the spectrum and I've learned so much about autism. He's such a gift to all of us. And I think uh, bringing awareness to the rest of the world's really important. It's something that, that I'm passionate about. So I find causes that I'm, that I'm very passionate about that I can see an immediate impact that I can, um, make sure that not just I am involved, but my team's involved in December with Houston children's charity, my entire accounting team and I on our busiest month of the year, Yes, we went and volunteered to organize the gifts and to set them up. And I think they were really impressed that Tillman Fertito was there himself mm -hmm. doing the same thing, showing, leading by example and showing the importance of our time and our contributions besides money. And, uh, and I think that sometimes, you know, we get asked to donate or give and when I can, I do. Um, and when I can't, I give my time, my team gives their time for the Houston food bank. We've, uh, done something for many years and my team won something called the hunger games. They packed the most food, they raised the most funds, wow. they, um, donated the most hours. And that's something else we're really proud of. Um, so sometimes it's not just about the money, it's also giving of ourselves uh -huh. and making an important uh, difference in our local community. And really it starts with our, you know, with our communities and to make a big difference in the world. That's really where it begins. One person at a time. And uh, I, I feel like that that's such a great way. I call it being in the trenches. Like mm -hmm. I just feel like it touches my heart more than you've got to write a check because there's so many operational things that these organizations have to do to keep going and keep facilitating that, but being in the trenches. And I think it changes the heart of my daughter when I see us going to do things together and you have a stepson, an incredible husband. I think that is a big part too of the overall, um, when you talk about community and your people, mm -hmm. you have a great network of friends also in your personal life and you've met so many of them through uh, awards you've received. We were just discussing that you're a sweetheart this year yes. and um, you were a model award-winning mm -hmm. um, person who um, in what, Tell us about that organization. That was in December? That was in December. I'm, I'm very honored. The Dahl Foundation recognized me and the award is called Top Model of the Year Award, which is, gosh, a huge title and I'm very honored and very grateful. And then recently, um, a group of amazing ladies called me the Houston Sweetheart. And uh -huh. I was telling you, you know, I the women that I'm being honored with, 
to me are the epitome of um, what I want to someday become. Uh, ladies like Laura Ward and Letitia Trauber and Nene Hale, just amazing women who have overcome so many obstacles and challenges and have kept their grace, their dignity. And, and don't get me wrong, these are tenacious, very driven women. So that, that inspires me as well. I can certainly identify with that. Um, but I'm honored to be a part of them. Well, I love that you say overcome adversity because I think people see, specifically from my perspective, me on social media, I um, I share a lot, but there's a lot that I keep personal in the, the journey and people are like, she just has it all. And whenever it seems like you have it all, it's not necessarily, there's something, there's challenges along the way. There's a lot of difficulty. There was a quote that you sent me about, um, overcoming difficulty and pushing through. It was something that they, I guess you had to answer these questions. Mm -hmm. Tell us, do you have a, do you want to discuss it or you want me to read it? Whatever you want to do, are you, um, let me see if I can find it here. Um, one of your mentors told you excuses are no more than admission to failure. It's a lesson she took to heart and lives by daily. She said, whenever we begin to make excuses for why something didn't work, we've already admitted defeat. Instead, we should use our energy to focus on what it takes to make it happen. Yes. And I think those were the, some of the best lessons I learned from my first mentor that before you start off with why something can't be done and all the challenges that you're going to face, is finding a way to get there and finding a, a solution. Um, so I always keep that in the my, back of my mind. Whenever I'm a, about to encounter something difficult, I say, okay, excuses are no more than a mission to failure. Let me find the solution. Let me figure out how to get there. And uh, I think that that served me well through all these years, having that mindset of I'm a solution finder. I'm going to get there. I'm going to find a way. And yes, challenges are there to help us grow. Um, I think some of the most difficult times in my life have been the biggest opportunities for growth and have prepared me for the next chapter in my life. And so I'm grateful for those as well. And you're the daughter of immigrants or are you an immigrant yourself? I'm an immigrant myself. So I come from an amazing family. Um, my parents are incredible. My mother is from Spain. My father was from Honduras. I was born in Honduras. I came here when I was eight years old. Um, I assimilated to our culture and uh, in an area of Houston that's very eclectic. I grew up in A-Leaf. Um, mm -hmm. So most people that are familiar with A-Leaf every ethnicity, which really yes. reflects our city. Our city is quite so diverse. Yes. And, um, and I think, I think we're fortunate to have grown up in we that are. environment. Mm -hmm. I know you also grew up in Sugarlands. So yes. The diversity I think helps us in business, especially in a business where we're dealing with people because we understand where the, people it, are coming from their, their cultures, their idiosyncrasies. Yes. And so being born to an immigrant family, I think has been a huge blessing. I have different perspectives. My mother, mm -hmm with the European side, my father with the Latin American side. And most people don't realize, even though the, the language is Spanish, the cultures are vastly different. The uh -huh. way of doing business is vastly different uh -huh. and understanding that. And then my husband is Moroccan, Northern African, which uh, he speaks French, Arabic, Moroccan is a dialect that combines all the languages, English. And so 
he's also got a different perspective on things. So I feel very fortunate to be able to have an insight to different ways of looking at things and even tackling business, personal life. Um, but family's been really big to me. I grew up in mm -hmm. a family, a big family, very, uh, we're very close. I'm one of seven kids. We are, we all talk all the time. And so that's a great support system. And I feel very fortunate to be a part of such a huge, amazing family. So what advice you would give others? You said dream big, commit to those dreams, be bold, be brave, be daring. Within you is the power to lead and make a positive difference. Like every one of those I could spend an hour talking to you about, but I read something that said, um, and I believe it was spiritual, but something along the lines of you have everything you need inside of you. You just have to find a way to bring it out. Mm -hmm. And I think if we all can really absorb that and believe it, sometimes just being the last man standing means that you win. Yeah. And you reach it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think within you is the power to lead and make a positive difference and believing that and really being the best version of yourself. I, I think that the key is attacking everything with passion, with yes. a real desire to be the best version of yourself in whatever it is that you're doing. Bring the best of yourself in everything you do and do it with passion. Um, don't just, you know, kind of get your toe wet, dive in. I think the best analogy I can give you is like going swimming and not wanting to get your hair wet. Well, it's not quite the same <laughs> experience, right? Exactly. If you go swimming and you really want the full experience, you got to get your hair wet. It, it's the same thing I would say with life. You can't just, you know, kind of dive in. You've got to go in all the way and really enjoy the experience. So interesting. Always give the best of yourself and the success and money will follow. I thought it was so interesting that you loaned me the car knowing I wasn't ready to buy because you just believed it was the right thing to do. And it was such a strategic business opportunity. And there's a lot of times where people will say to me, Danae, you do too much for people or you give too much, they're taking advantage of you. And I said, they're not because it's something I want to do because I believe in it. Mm -hmm. And I see certain things in people that I want to align with. And it just makes me open to it. Mm -hmm. It's, um, can you share some of that? Like how you yeah. know, cause again, people are asking for stuff every day from us. <laughs> I think for me, it it's might be a little selfish. They say it's not the happy people that are grateful it's the grateful people that are happy. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for people that say, you, you have many choices, you know, many people, you can go to any dealership you want and pick whatever vehicle you want. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm certain of that. I'm grateful that you called me and reached out to me and asked me about a vehicle. But for me, it brings me great joy to see you enjoy our car, right? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. a little selfish because I'm enjoying the fact that you're driving that car and you're having fun. And secretly I'm like, oh, I know she's loving that car. Mm -hmm. I know she's loving the mm -hmm. horsepower. I know it's going to be hard for her to get into anything else because mm -hmm. now that car has really set the standard. And that's what I, I think that's what life's about. Enjoying mm -hmm. life through the joy of others. Um, that's what brings me happiness. So amazing. 
Uh, so tell us about what you have coming up. So we have a lot of great things coming up. Um, tell us have, about new cars too. We <laughs> yes. want to know this. A lot of great stuff. Well, the Houston Sweethearts is coming up, which yes. I'm honored to be a part of. I get to travel right after that to meet with the BMW group and we're doing the new 7 Series launch. Uh, so the 7 Series is this amazing car. It's got incredible technology. It is amazing. It's elegant. It's fast. It's agile. Um, it's our flagship vehicle. And I am so excited about that car. I wish everybody could drive it because uh, it would just put a smile on everyone's face. And, and that's what your husband drives. That's what my husband's driving okay. right now. He just got the brand new seven and he loves uh, it. Wow. And, you know, we, being in the car business, we have the privilege of driving so many new cars. And he goes, you know what? This is definitely my favorite right now. Oh, good to know. So he loves it. Um, and it's, uh, he's six, five. So having uh -huh. the headroom, the shoulder room. Uh -huh. So we're launching that. Um, we also have, um, I'm part of, uh, the world council, um, international women's day, March 8th. So I will be speaking at their symposium, which I'm very honored. What? And then in the community, that's incredible. Where is you. that happening? That's going to happen here in Houston. Um, the, the exact location just no, it's okay. me, but, but people, <laughs> good people get involved yes. or could they? Absolutely. Um, so it's a big organization. They do so many amazing things. Um, and regardless of your political party, they're involved with the world. So a couple of weeks ago, I got to listen to Mike Pompeo live uh -huh. and it was very entertaining and very interesting and, uh -huh. and very eye opening to hear that perspective. Um, so that's March 8th, International Women's Day. Yes, we, we have uh, that. No Autism Gala coming yes. up April 22nd. April and, and Jorge are in April and Jorge are the sharing honorees. And, uh, or honorees. Yeah. Honorees, yes. And they've done a lot. Um, we've, we've done a lot. It's going to be a very fun event. And we're Did you know I was really involved with No Autism? No. My 50th birthday, I raised $25,000 for it. Wow, thank you so much. So, um, and uh, I chaired the event with Amy Pierce, who's now one of my best friends, and we fight sex trafficking together. And you know She's her amazing. husband, Rob, mm -hmm. um, from serving on the Children's yes. Charity Board together. No. They were um, both amazing people. But my daughter that night went around and asked people to donate to No Autism. And she said, Mom, some people got so drunk. So it was my 50th birthday. She said, some people got so drunk, they gave me money twice. I was like, now you know the art of fundraising <laughs> at a very young age. You just keep giving people cocktails and they just <laughs> keep giving you money, Bella. <laughs> it was They'll pretty funny. Exactly. <laughs> I'll take that tip. <laughs> exactly. No, it's such a, um, it's so interesting to see how many people are on the spectrum and how common it is now mm -hmm. and how many families struggle with their kids being, um, needing to have the therapies and how much the therapies cost. And there's so many different aspects to it. So great event. Okay. And then, and then we have, um, an event at the store in August. It's going to be a casino night to raise funds for no autism. And then Houston children's charity, October 13th, which is our 15th year in a row where we wow. donate a vehicle. Uh -huh. Um, it's something we're very proud of. Um, so a hundred percent of the donation goes to children in need in Houston children's charity and our efforts to make an impact in the community. So it's something we're really excited about and excited to be, um, able to contribute in, in such a way. So incredible.
So, um, and for anybody that likes power, like Donna, we have the M-Town Tour coming. So M-Town okay. Tour, you get to drive our M cars, our high performance cars, the one okay. you really like. Yes. And you get to drive our cars, use our tires and try them all. And so that will be happening in March. So I'll send you a little post so that you can come and maybe invite some of your guests. It's a lot of fun. And what I liked about, um, I said, we, your dealership is out, I-10 um, and Katie, and I live in West Jew, as you were saying that there's opportunities to work with people that purchase a car and help manage the distance and back and forth. So we do pick up and drop off and mm -hmm. we do remote delivery. So you can pretty much buy a car online nowadays. Um, yes. You do, we, we learned that through COVID. That's right. one of the silver linings of COVID. We, learn how to interact with our customers virtually mm -hmm. because they couldn't come to the dealership and we wanted to stay in business. I, um, I wanted to make sure that our employees had a place to come to after COVID. And so we were trying to recreate ourselves, reinvent ourselves, and we found a way to sell cars virtually. And so we will drop off the vehicle at your house. And then for service, we can go pick it up and drop off a courtesy loaner and then drop it back off. And I think, uh, that's something that people enjoy. Um, a lot of people don't like being in a car dealership, don't know why. I love it. I like going there every day. But, uh -huh. you know, there's some people that don't want to spend a lot of time in a car dealership. Uh -huh. So I, you don't have to anymore. So let's talk about cars. They were like watches. The pre-owned ones were going for even more than the, the new. People Absolutely. couldn't figure that out. Are, are you seeing a change there? Let's talk about ordering a new car. If you order today, you get it in December. Like, <laughs> let's, try, let's just dive into the nitty gritty because it's, it's a confusing journey right now with cars. That, that's a great point. It's actually confusing for us in the industry. You're like, what? We've been in a 25 This new year. car is less expensive than this pre-owned? So the, the pre-owned market is dictated by the new car market, kind of like Rolexes, mm -hmm. right? And so yes. when there's a scarcity. They're very compatible. Very, the luxury segment is very compatible. And so when there's a scarcity of new cars, mm -hmm. you can't get them, then the, the pre-owned value goes up. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, we saw pre-owned values rising at levels unprecedented. So people were loving it. They're mm -hmm. getting top dollar for their vehicle. Now it's starting to level off a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, with the feds raising the rates, mm -hmm. um, that's balanced off a little bit. You still get top dollar for your trade-in, but I really think it's a great time to buy new uh, because the inflation hasn't really caught up with mm -hmm. new car pricing. Mm -hmm. So you can order a vehicle. And uh -huh. the other great thing is you order it exactly how you want it. Uh -huh. Now you don't have to settle for options. You can order it option by option, get exactly what you want. It'll be delivered to you. And the amount of time that it takes varies. It depends on what model uh -huh. you select. There's some vehicles that is less production, less availability. And then there's some that we can get to you in three, four weeks. Well, hypothetical, let's say I wanted to order the M5. It's on order. <laughs> it's already on on order. <laughs> so literally how long do the, do the M's take longer or those less like as far as let's also talk about, do you sell more SUVs in Houston because we rain all the time and our roads are so bad? Um, are you seeing different 
uh, women liking certain cars, men? Can you kind of give us some That's generalization? So I, I see the most amazing women, strong women that will buy. Um, I have a dear friend who's an attorney. She bought an M3 manual transmission, the very first one that came to Houston in the new oh lifestyle. And she's like, oh, it's got to be manual. And I just uh -huh. think it's a, the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I really don't think vehicles are specific to any. To sex. Okay. Um, I think there's certain qualities in the vehicle that make it maybe more masculine, more beefy. Uh, yes. Like you were driving the X5M. Uh-huh. And that car is very, I think, beefy, masculine, sporty looking. It's so mm -hmm. sexy. Um, More men drive that than women. No, it's actually. In and now I would tell you that most of our clientele, um, I think 60%, maybe 55% now are men. Um, mm. But I'm seeing a lot of women that want that agility, that sportiness, mm -hmm. that uh, power. And our cars also have the luxury and the technology that luxury vehicles are known for. So I think you get the best of all worlds. Um, one of the things that you asked was about SUVs versus yes. cars. We call them SUVs, yes. sports activity vehicles. Yes. And in uh, in the US, 65% of what we sell are SAVs. So I think it's wow. overall, SAVs are a little bit more sought after. I think mm -hmm. we like sitting up high I and our do. SAVs are are very athletic, so sometimes you feel like you're driving a sports car and you don't yes. realize you're driving an SUV. Um, X7, for example, it's a seven-passenger, and mm -hmm. it's so it's so responsive, it's so agile. Mm -hmm. A lot of moms come and thank me. They're like, oh my gosh, I was in such and such car before, and now I feel so sporty. Move over I minivan. Feel, <laughs> I feel so <laughs> sexy driving this car, and yes. it's so fun to drive it, and that's, yes. you know, that's what brings us joy. But yeah, about 55, 60% of the cars, mostly um, in Texas, are SAV sales. And let's talk about interest rates going up. Mm -hmm. Does it make it better to get into a lease, more cost effective to be in a lease? Let's talk a little bit about, or how do you choose? How does one choose? I've never leased a car. And you were saying maybe I should consider that. Yes. So one of the benefits of working with BMW is they have the BMW financial arm. Mm -hmm. And to keep the environment, the, the economy going and to keep the sales going, uh, they have given us incentivized rates. So rates that okay. are better than what most lenders will give you on certified pre-owned cars and, and, and new cars. Um, I'm a proponent of leasing, and I'll tell okay. you why. Um, I think leasing gives you, it's kind of like a long-term engagement, right? You, you mm -hmm. engage with somebody for three years, and during that period, you decide, I love this car. It's everything I want. I'm going to keep it. So at the end of the lease, you can continue mm -hmm. paying until you pay off the vehicle. Um, in three years, if you decide, you know what, I don't want this car. I'm just not going to have a car. You can return it. Mm -hmm. uh, and what most people do is they trade out of it. And so you have a guaranteed value with the lease. So even though you've been paying about $150, $200 less than you would in a retail loan, oh. you have a guaranteed value. So you're not what we call upside down where you owe more for the car than what it's worth. Yes. And that's a huge benefit. And I would tell you it's, it's a win-win. So the consumer wins the dealership wins because at that point you have to make a decision. Do you want a, another vehicle and get another brand new car? Mm -hmm. And most people do. They're like, oh, that new technology or the new headlights right, right. or the new body style. And then for the consumer, they don't take a hit in depreciation. They get something brand new that BMW covers all your maintenance. Um, it's got a bumper to bumper warranty. Well, the closest thing to a bumper to bumper. 
So you pretty much have peace of mind during the first three years of ownership. And that's what a lot of people do. Every three years, they get into something new and have fun driving it and get into the next cool car. So do you put money down for a lease? What I usually recommend is your first payment and fees. So okay. money down is if you want to get to a certain payment, but what most people do is their first uh, payment so and fees. So you pay down, so then you only owe a thousand a month or 500 a month right. or whatever. Whatever you want your payment to be, but what's, what's really required depending on your credit um, is your first payment and fees. And then at the end, you pay taxes on the value at the end? So right now we have tax credits and most of the time we, we with leases, we have incentives like tax credits, but- And I what does that mean, a tax um, credit? So instead of paying six and a quarter percent sales tax, you only pay five and a quarter sales okay. tax. And at the end of the lease, if you decide to purchase it, then you pay taxes on the depreciated value. So ah, okay. if you bought a $100,000 car and it's now worth $55,000, then you only pay taxes on the $55,000. So it's, it's quite a bit of savings. It is. Um, but I think that the biggest incentive for consumers is that that residual value, that guaranteed value, oftentimes is in the benefit of the customer. Um, I think BMW statistics showed that the average lease lost BMW, the factory folks, about $10,000. So the idea is to keep you coming back. So rather than marketing to retain you, they give you this huge incentive with a with a great trade-in value, with a great guaranteed value. So interesting. We um, this is doesn't even necessarily apply, but it was a statistic I heard last night. So Rob was telling me when people go skiing, the people that come back to ski the next year are only sixteen percent. If you go skiing one year, that you come back again the next year. Do you know how many people come back to BMW? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very proud. Our store had the highest loyalty and retention rate in the region, and uh, it was about 70%, which is, wow. it's pretty big. So the strong. average is about 55%. Um, but I think that if um, consumers really know what they're buying and enjoy it, and that's why I'm a proponent of meeting with the geniuses. I, I remember I had you meet up with one of our product experts to mm -hmm. talk about a few of the features because that's really what makes you fall in love with that car. Mm -hmm. It's like buying uh, a Rolex but not knowing the prestige and the precision yes. that goes and there's into so making much, it. I feel like I would need a big tutorial. So speaking of which, there's a driving school Yes. Tell us about that. So we have two performance driving schools. So they're uh -huh. not just regular driving schools. They're performance driving schools. You get to drive with a race car driver. Um, two of the instructors have actually won Guinness World Records for the longest drift in history. Um, and and so, girl, you drift. Yes, I learned to drift. Which Yes! That is which such is, a girl boss. Yes. You can drift. <laughs> yes, and I love going on the track. It's, uh, it's funny because they typically <laughs> don't expect me to get behind the wheel and actually compete with, with the <laughs> They're boys. They're like, that girl? They're like, that okay. woman. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a ton of fun and anybody can do it. We have two performance center, one in Palm Springs and one in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh -huh. And you can even go with your teenagers. So we have teen driving school and 
and they won't let the parents go in <laughs> with them. I know that would not be good. I could not yes. be in the car. They go in with a race car driver. They drive with the race car driver. Oh and I've seen so many of them develop a confidence that's amazing after driving with a race car driver. And they don't teach them how to, the traditional school teaching, uh-huh. like, look at your rear view, look at the side. Uh-huh. They teach you how to maneuver out of a situation by hitting that's, the gas yeah. or how to avoid yeah. an obstruction, how to look ahead, how to turn on a curb at a fast rate and that's important they say a lot more accidents are avoided by hitting the gas than by hitting the brake wow so knowing how to do that is important and uh, then the performance driving school so anybody that wants to drive these high performance car use our tires take allow us to take the risk you can go in for a full day and it's just so much fun it's a great way to relieve stress and to get your adrenaline pumping New thing for the vision board, going to the driving school and performance driving school. (laughs) Absolutely. So is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to share? Oh gosh, we talked about so much. I, I, I know. Can't remember if we talked about it during the, <laughs> the podcast or afterwards. So you um, gave a Matthew McConaughey quote. We didn't get to that. Do you remember what it was about? You, you were talking about. We were talking about the honor of being among these amazing women yes. in Houston sweethearts. And you said, you know, sometimes I have the, the imposter syndrome. And I, I shared with you. I sometimes I. I'm more cocky than I think I should be. I'm very confident in the mm-hmm. sense of if somebody's doing something great, I'm like, well, I can do that. I can too. do that. I and can. Yeah. I, and I think that we all should feel that sense of attainment. If one, what one person can do, another person can do if they just mm-hmm. put their mind to it. And Matthew McConaughey said, he's always chasing the better version of himself. He's always chasing his best self 10 years later. And I think that's me. When I look at the amazing women I'm being honored with, I think, gosh, it's not that I feel imposter. It's just, I feel I'm not quite there yet. That's me in maybe five, 10 years. And to be there now is such an honor and and to be named among them. So yes, I'm always chasing the better version of myself while, um, I'm cocky. I know I'm not quite the best version of myself yet. I'm, I still have some room to grow. But there's so much to that. Again, believing in yourself and believing you're capable of doing it, but then always having the next vision. Mm-hmm. So do you have a five or 10 year that you want to share with us? Always, always. I think I'm doing things that align with my purpose, that mm-hmm. align with um feeling authentic and my true self because I've always kept the things that are important to me very near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. and I haven't deviated from them. No matter how challenging the circumstances have been, no matter how my way of doing things didn't quite fit mm-hmm. the way they were doing, I stuck with it and I think that aligns with who I am. And so I'm going to continue being you know, family first and family has extended to my team members at Mm -hmm, work, mm -hmm. to my friends, to clients that have become like family. Um, I'm going to continue focusing on making positive contributions in the community that fulfills me, that gets me excited every day Mm -hmm. and, you know, providing the profits that for, for our business to make sure that I can continue doing the first two things. And, uh, and I think that that's going to continue to be my passion, making, making those contributions. 
And do you see yourself in Houston? I do. I love Houston. I've never left Houston since I was eight years old, not even for college. I think that Houston is such an amazing city. It has a little bit of everything. It's growing at tremendous pace. But we're a big, small town, if you think Amen about it. Amen to that. Everybody knows so each other. True. Seven yes. million people, and we're all connected in some way or another. Yes. And uh, when you had situations like Harvey, it really yes. showed the heart of Houston and, and mm -hmm. our people and how everybody just rolls their sleeves up and starts working together. Um, we don't say, why me? We say, dare me. Let, let's get together. Oh, let's I love fix that. this. Let's, <laughs> let's make this a great city. And I think that's what makes this place so amazing. We don't pity ourselves when something crazy happens. We just roll up our sleeves yeah. and we start working during the freeze. Ugh, everybody yes. just came together and, and, work, and it didn't matter where you were, who you were, people were helping each other. And I'm just so blessed to be in this amazing city with amazing people. I feel the same way. We've traveled the world, but I just love coming home. I know. I love, and, and I love traveling. Um, we, God willing, we go to Spain this summer in Norway. Okay. We have some friends from Norway that have invited us. We love uh -huh. traveling. Uh, we went to Spain this past summer and the previous year to Morocco. So we try to mix it up a little bit. And I love visiting and learning and, mm -hmm. and experiencing new cultures, but there's nothing like coming home. Amen to that. Well, what a blessing it's been to connect. I love our green together. Green. I know. <laughs> and we're going to be doing some amazing partnerships. So everybody stay tuned. Can't wait to what's coming up. Until next week, keep living that authentic life. Thank you for having me. <laughs>